0: Awesome. Awesome. It is great to see you guys this morning. Did y'all enjoy worship this morning? My goodness. God's presence was definitely with us. And um, have you guys been enjoying this wonder series that we've been in? Um, All I'm here to do this week guys is set the table for next week i know you've heard it you probably understand by now christmas eve is really important but we want you guys to invite your friends and family Uh, it's going to be amazing time they will hear a fresh word and they will um, experience christmas like never before so Really invite them, encourage them to come and they'll have uh, an amazing time, an amazing time. So we've been in this wonder series and last week we talked about how and this week we're going to be transitioning into uh, wondering what I wonder what. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to luke the first chapter starting at the 28th verse um, for context if you want to go home and read this we'll be talking through luke 20 uh luke 1 26 through 38 but i'm just going to read these two quick verses of scripture luke chapter 1 verse 28 and 29 and it reads gabriel appeared to her and said greetings favored woman the lord is with you confused and disturbed mary tried to think what the angel could mean i want to talk to you guys for a few moments on i wonder what let's pray god thank you so much for this day thank you for the opportunity to share your word i pray that you would allow us to hear from you and gather something that can change our lives in jesus name amen Amen. So Christmas is an exciting time. And I love the real reason for the season, which is Jesus. I love uh, that he was born and he saved us from our sins. But the other side of Christmas gives me anxiety. I don't like buying gifts for people, not because I'm stingy or I'm a Grinch, but I get anxiety on what to get people. Uh, You know, my wife, she's a wonderful lady, but sometimes she can't hide her facial expressions. And I haven't always got it right. You know, she, she gave me that pity smile like, oh. Thanks for the thought, babe, but I, I haven't always got it right and it gives me anxiety on what should I give. So a couple of weeks ago, I was home with our son and for context, he is 17 months old. Uh, you'll understand why that makes sense in a minute. I, I was at home with our son and I looked over at him and I said, what should we get mom for Christmas? And he looked at me like I was crazy and he said something along the lines of booga, 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 and so at first, I looked at him and said, uh, you can't talk to me like I'm a child. But I was really wondering within myself, what was he saying? Have you ever wondered what in life? Like you see a group of people laughing and you wonder what was so funny. Or you see somebody who is crying or looks sad and you wonder what is wrong. In other places, sometimes personally, we wonder deeper questions. We wonder what are we doing with our lives? We we wonder what our next move is. We wonder what our purpose is. We wonder where are we going? And sometimes we wonder what God is doing uh wondering is a part of life it's a part of our dna to be curious and wonder what and uh for those of you who were here last week i told you and i'm going to tell you again two things is I, i don't know the answer to your particular what but what i do know is that god has the answer to every single question that you're asking but i also know that you're not the only one to ever wonder what The woman in our biblical passage this morning is a woman named Mary. And most uh, scholars believe that she was a teenager, a young teenager at the time of this writing. And she was going about her normal daily routine. She was engaged to a man named Joseph. And engagement in those days were a little different than they are today. They were legally married, but the custom was to spend the first year apart to prove their love or to prove their commitment. Rather, it wasn't about love. It was about commitment. Commitment, And so she was in this year process of being away from the person that she was uh, married to or engaged to. And she was going along this process. And during that season, during that time, an angel of the Lord visits her, an angel of the Lord comes and tells her she is blessed and she is favored of the Lord that the Lord has shined on her. And she is a little confused and was disturbed is what scripture tells us because she's wondering what in the world why why is this happening what what is the reason for this and the angel goes further and begins to explain that she is blessed of of the lord that she would give birth to a son uh, whose name would be jesus and he would be the savior of the world and all of what the angel prophesied to her or said to her was fulfilled and jesus came and all of that was wonderful and that is a crucial part of our christmas story but i want to hone in and focus on The what in the story where Mary is approached and she sees this angel and she wonders what. And for those of you who have wondered what is going on, for those of you who are wondering what God is doing in your life or what your next move should be. I want to give you four principles or four things that I think will be an encouragement for you, four things that you can apply to your life in order to go forward while you're wondering what. And the first thing for us to understand is that God has a plan that God has always had a plan in Mary's situation. This is the first of she's this is the first time she's hearing of this plan that God has, but God has always had this plan for Mary and revelation chapter 13 and verse eight. It says the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. In other words, that God had always had this plan in the beginning. If you go back to Genesis, the third chapter in the 15th verse, we see that a woman would give birth to this son that would save the world. And then in Genesis, the 22nd chapter, we see that this woman would come from the family of Abraham. And then in Genesis. Is the 49th chapter we see that this woman would not only come from the family of Abraham would be from the tribe of Judah but then in Psalms 132 we see that this woman would be from the lineage or the line of David and all of this matches up to Mary what do we gather from this is that God had plans Mary's story before Mary ever got there and my encouragement to you wherever you find yourself in life wherever you find yourself in the season of life That God has planned your life from the beginning. Not all of it is beautiful, not all of it is great, but what we do know is that God has been writing your story and His plan has always been in motion. God has always had a plan for you. It's not an accident. You might have been an oops for mommy and daddy, but you were not an oops. For Jesus, you are not an oops for God that he has always had a plan for you. Jeremiah 1 and 5 says it like this. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were even born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. What that means is that God has always had purpose for your life. I know sometimes we're wondering, what value do do I have? What can I offer? But your life has always been purpose by design. That God has made you fearfully and wonderfully. That God has a purpose and a plan for your life. Here's the fact of the matter. Here's the principle principle that we can gather from here and this is your next fill in the blank is that God has always had a plan and that plan has always included you that God has been writing this story and we see Mary's story this is the larger story of salvation and redemption but God has a specific story for us that he has been writing it's a plan that he has started from the beginning and it has always included you you were never an overthought. You were never an accident. That God has a purpose and a plan for your life. This is what Mary gets to understand. But here's the second thing that happens: is that although God has always had a plan, God's plan, here's your next point, God's plan requires us to sacrifice our own plan. Many of us have dreams and aspirations. Many of us have desires that we want. But sometimes what God desires for us requires for us to give up what we wanted. In my own personal life, I lived this out. I was—I uh, went to Lee University and I had no intentions of ever becoming a preacher or a pastor. My desire, I was a political science major my first two years. I told the Lord I was going to be the best lawyer he had. I was going to do my best. I don't know how I was going to do that because, you know, you can't spell lawyer sometimes without liar. But I, I was going to promise God that I was going to live for him doing that. But. At the end of my sophomore year, going into my junior year, the Lord began to stir me that he had a different plan for my life. And so I decided I was going to make a bargain with God. I said, "Okay, God, I'll take one Bible class if you just let up off the pressure. I I need some peace in my life. And so. I took a Bible class and it was a biblical interpretation for ministry and I was in that class for 16 weeks and it was a Monday, Wednesday, Friday and the whole 16 weeks we only spent the time in the book of Jonah for 16 weeks. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I heard all about Jonah's story. Now, if you don't know Jonah's story real quick. Jonah was a man who was asked by God to do something. He decided he didn't want to do it, and he got on a boat. The boat ran into a storm. They threw him off the boat. A fish swallowed him up, and he was in the the belly of the fish for three days, and he got spat out on dry land, and then he still had to do what God told him to do. And so what I gathered from that is I don't want to be swallowed by no fish, Jesus. I'm not that hard-headed. I'll go do what you want me to do. I changed my major, and I pursued the process that he had. But this is something that happens in Mary's life is that she puts everything at risk. You see, she was a virgin at this time and uh, God says, you're going to have a baby. She was legally married. Now, I can imagine and y'all walk with me 2000 plus years ago and we in the, the market or something, whatever they had and we're there. And we're friends with Mary and Mary comes up to us and says, guys, I'm pregnant. And we get excited, but we're a little quiet because it's not really allowed at this point. And we say, Mary, is Joseph the daddy? And she shakes her head no. And our eyes start to bug out a little bit because we get nervous. And we say, Mary, who's the daddy? And she says, God said, I'm going to have his child. And then we look at Mary, kiss our teeth and be like, Mary, who, who, who the daddy, who, who's the daddy? Tell us the truth. But could you imagine Joseph's situation? Mary tells Joseph, she puts her marriage at risk because she tells Joseph uh, that you're going to be the father, but you're not really the father. That I'm pregnant with a child and it's not yours. And I can imagine Joseph asking the same questions and he's getting frustrated. And you know, in my Hollywood mind, I imagine this is what happens. Joseph goes to the local eatery and he has a glass of goat milk. That's what I imagine it is. I'm not sure. And he's there. And some of his friends come up and they say, Joseph, what's going on? And he says, Mary's pregnant and they are happy. And they saying, congratulations. But he says, it's not my child. It's um, God's child. And so we wanted to paint this picture really clearly for you. So our tech team searched all over and found an image of what it looked like. That, that's what they said. That was the facial expression of Joseph's friends when Joseph tried to say Mary was still... But could you imagine all that Mary had to risk? All that Mary sacrificed to follow God's plan? And sometimes what God asks of us will cause us to give up. What we desire. It will put our reputation at risk. It will put our dreams at risk. It will put what we desire at risk. But here's what we do know in, in Proverbs 16 and 9. It says it like this, that, that we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. He is ordering our steps. He is trying to decide our ways. He is ushering us into the path that he has for us. He's pushing us there, but we've got to be willing To let him do that. He determines our steps. He determines our plans. And here's the next fill in the blank. Here's the principle. Here's the trust that we can have. Is that God's plan will always be better than our plan. I know you have a lot of ideas. I know you have aspirations. And a lot of times we put these things on time clocks on when it's going to happen and uh, what's going to happen and how it's going to happen. But you can rest and trust in the fact that God's plan is better than our plan, that he knows the future before our beginning and that he has gone into our future. And he understands where we would have messed up. And he is leading us in the path of righteousness. He says all things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. It doesn't mean that it'll always be easy. It doesn't mean that it'll always be pretty, but it does mean in the end it's going to work out for your good. I know the divorce was difficult, but in the end it's going to work out for your good. I know losing that person was difficult, but in the end it's going to work out for your good. That God's plan is better than our plan. That God's purposes are better than then our purposes in Jeremiah 29 and 11, he says it like this for, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster to give you a future and a hope. Here's the honest reality. If God doesn't direct our steps, a lot of us will end up in disaster. If God is not leading Our footsteps, we will end up making decisions that will be disastrous. We will make decisions that will derail our destiny. And sometimes we try to move too fast on something that God has said. And we give premature birth to what God has always wanted for us. And it stunts that growth. We've got to trust that God's plan is better than our plan. Trust that God's purposes are greater than our purposes. Here's the third thing, the third fill in the blank for you is that God's plan is bigger than our limitations. We have a tendency sometimes to disqualify ourselves from being a part of what God is trying to do. We say to ourselves sometimes that what can I do? What value can I offer? And so we sit in our seats and we come and we enjoy. But God has always intended for us to play a role and be a part of it. And the limits that we place on ourselves are not limits that God has on us. Look at what Mary does. Mary in verse 32 or 34. What Mary says how can this happen? I'm a virgin. And last week, Zechariah asked the same how, but he asked it with doubt. What Mary was saying to the angel was not in doubt. She desired to participate, but she saw her limitations and thought that her limitations disqualified her from participation. But what Mary didn't know is that God had written her limitation into the story. In Isaiah 7 and 14, we find out that the one who would give birth to the Savior was going to be a virgin. So what Mary thought disqualified her actually qualified her for God's service. And I don't know who needs to hear this today, but the things that you have uh, decided disqualified you is the very thing God can use for his glory. The places and the skeletons in your closet that you say nobody needs to know about, nobody needs to see. God says, I can use your mess, turn it into a message and use it for my glory. There's no limitation on what God can do with a life committed to him. We have to be willing to surrender that life and there's no limitation on what God can do with that life. And here, here's the next fill in the blank. It's that God's story is bigger than our story. And rather, if I could back up just one second, is that. The limitations are there, but God has prepared you for what he has prepared for you. God has prepared you for what he has prepared for you. What do I mean by that? I mean that the the places that he is taking you to, the things that he wants to do in your life, what he has called you to, what he has planned for you, he's already prepared you for He's already gotten you ready for that. And in Ephesians 2 and 10, he says it like this, for you are my workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which I have prepared, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. What that means is that it's not on you. That God has prepared this and he has created you in Christ Jesus to do the plans that he has for you. Now, there's uh, another way of saying that it's not on you. And um, there's a, a guy who writes music. There's a guy named Aubrey Graham. Some people call him Drake. And he says, God's plan, God's plan. But the next line, he says, I can't do this by myself, man. What he's saying is that God's plan is greater than me. And what we can learn from that is that. It takes Christ to do what he has called me to. A lot of times we see ourselves as weak, but scripture says his strength is made perfect in our weakness. That God is not afraid of your issues, afraid of your limitations. Because he has written them into the story. And he's going to use them for his glory. Here's the last thing that I want to show you because all of that is great. All of that is wonderful that God has a plan, that his plan is uh, bigger than our limitations, that his plan is better than our plan. But in the end, what really matters is how we respond to God's plan. And in verse 38, we see Mary's response And here's your last fill in the blank. It's God's plan requires our surrender. God's plan requires us to say yes. In Mary's case, she didn't understand it all. The angel went forward into explaining more, but. Her simple response was yes. She said, let. Let it be as you have said, for I am the Lord's servant. And in all of that, all she was saying is yes. God, whatever you have planned for me, I say yes. Whatever, wherever you are sending me, I say yes. God, whatever you are doing in this season, I'll say yes. And many of you are at a crossroad today. You have two deals on the table and you're trying to decide what to do. You have opportunities before you and you're trying to decide what to do. Whether to leave or stay, whether to go forward. But here's the key. We have to decide to say yes to God's plan. And when we surrender our will to God... The promise that we have is that His plan will result in us having a hope and a future. There may be somebody here today who needs to say that initial yes. That oh God, I surrender my life to you. I don't understand it all. I, I don't get it, but I'm willing to give you a try. Maybe you're watching online today and you're saying, I need to give God a chance. I I need to say yes in my decisions. I need to say yes in every aspect of my life. If that's you, I wanna pray with you. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for every person under the sound of my voice and every person who is watching. God, thank you for reminding us that you have a plan for our life. God, help us To stop wondering what and trusting you for the plan. God, help us to stop questioning what and just surrender and say yes. God, help us to know that plans may change, but your plan is better than our plan. And that God, our limitations don't limit you or your plan. And ultimately, God, help us to say yes. God, for the person who has not said yes to you as Lord and Savior, would you touch their heart today and allow them to say this simple prayer, God? Come into my heart. Change me. Save me. And make me who you want me to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church,